0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: You know, if you ask a hundred people, name some Bible verses or some scriptural passages about Christmas, chances are the majority of people would point to Luke Luke. Chapter 2, which is very appropriate. Luke chapter 2 is uh, certainly one of the most well known parts of scripture. People around the world know. Some of the verbiage of Luke chapter 2. And there are a lot of scriptures that talk about God sending His Son into the world to be our Savior. But what Bert Harper and I are going to do on this edition of Exploring the Word, and for a few days, we're going to talk about some of the Bible passages that reference the coming of Jesus, Christmas, Bible verses that you may not automatically think of when you're thinking about Christmas. But this will be an exciting study of the Word of God, because, Bert, we rejoice over the coming of the Son of God. And uh, you know me, Bert. You and I have been on the radio a decade plus, and you know I love Christmas. So this is uh, good, (laughs) isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a wonderful time of the year, and uh, we love it, and we're getting started early. It is November the 29th, one more day left in in November and it'll be December, but we looked at it and Alex and I know that there's going to be some special uh, programs that's broadcast later on in the month of December, so we looked at it and we said, you know, we don't want to miss out on Christmas, so we're looking at these passages, yes, Luke uh, chapter 2, Alex, when my, our family with our three sons, our daughter-in-laws and grandchildren get together and we read the you know the christmas story uh matter of fact our grandchildren acted out as as someone reads it and uh so uh, we read from luke chapter 2 most of the time yes we do so it is very common i hear people say they'll read the christmas story and i say where from and they said well luke and uh, but there are other passages even John has something a little bit to say. You have to understand what he's saying. Matthew has a good bit to say. It's kind of like from Joseph's point of view, and we want to look at that. But there are some other scriptures that are not as well known. Uh, you know, I wanted to use the word obscure, but they're not obscure. They're just not uh, as well known. But they're there, Alex. And so the mm-hmm. incarnation, uh, Christ becoming flesh and dwelling among us, uh, it is a vital part, and people say you make too much of Christmas. I don't think we do when it comes to biblical. Now they may, they may look at it at a, a wrong view, but no, it's it's an important thing that took place when God became flesh and mm. dwelt among us. Let me say that was Emmanuel, God with us. I'd say From, that was very important.
1: Y- well, and you know that itself, Emmanuel. God with us is a reference to a part of Scripture that, that we will get to. But you're right, you know, Bert, making much of the coming of Christ, how God left heaven, came to earth, lived a sinless life to be our Savior. I mean, th- folks, quite literally, this is the most important thing that ever happened. I mean, because, look, without Jesus, we would have no hope. Without Jesus, we could have no forgiveness. And and I'm just going to say this, Bert, and then I want to get into Matthew chapter 1 a little bit. Without Jesus Christ, our life would be meaningless. Hmm. I mean, everything about reality, truth, our hope, I mean, it it is all in Jesus. Am I right?
2: You are exactly right. This morning, I was listening to AFR. I do that quite often. And uh, I was listening to Family Talk, Dr. Dobson's program, and Kelly Shackelford was on it and, you know, just a great man representing Christian and religious freedom. And he was talking about the ministry of Jesus, but most the church. And he was talking about where America would be without the church and it showing forth the, the life of Jesus, telling that in the freedom that we have in America. And our founding fathers called this religious freedom in the Second Amendment the first freedom, the first one. And because everything else hinges upon that, if you don't, you know, and Alex, I've heard you say it many times, those people that are decrying, uh, you know, the church and what it's out of step with it, they owe so much to the Bible, to the church and the Great Commission, and they don't even know it. And that's why Mm. Uh, here we're making much of jesus christ and we're tied it in to everything we do as a country as a as a radio ministry because i just want to tell you you said it without jesus there's no hope and with christ there's great hope and we want to declare right. it don't we
1: well we really do we really do and uh You know, let let me say, Christ miraculously came the first time, miraculously rose from the dead, miraculously ascended back to heaven. And I I do want to say, Jesus is miraculously coming back. Uh, Jesus will come back one day, and, and you need to be ready. But Matthew 1... Begins the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And it goes on. I just think it's very fascinating. Verse 17 says, "...all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations." And from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus Christ are 14 generations. It's interesting. Now, you remember God called Abraham, said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Abraham, I'm going to send you through you all the families of the earth to be blessed. Now, uh, Bert, I don't want to get into biblical numbers too much, but we know seven is the number of perfection, 7 and 7, 14, Um, you know, when you talk about numbers in Scripture, sometimes it gets very speculative. Two sevens, perfect God, perfect humanity. Abraham to David, 14. David to Babylon, 14. Babylon to Jesus, 14. And there's a trinity, 14, 14, 14, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Bert, I, I certainly don't presume to know all that's implied by the uh numbers but here's the thing i do know galatians 4 4 says in the fullness of time god sent forth his son born of a woman i know this not only was jesus perfect but his coming was perfect amen yeah
2: amen alex preach it brother
1: yeah And, and so um know this folks Uh, All of the details, all of the circumstances, all of the ministry, the fulfillment of Scripture, and this is part of why we're so enthused about Christmas. We want you to be as well. God's plans are perfect, and God planned even before the foundation of the world, before the world was even created, Jesus was designated the one that would be the Lamb who would be a sacrifice to pay for our sins. And and I say that, Bert, and I want to throw it to you. L- friend, your life matters. People are worried about the economy, about just so much, COVID and the Omicron variant, and there's plenty in the news. Know this. God is in control.
2: Alex, God's you, with us, isn't he? He is. When you say that, it just helps me to know. And talking about God being in control today— how do we know that? Well, we know from the Word of God, but we also know the control he had in the past. and you you just you started with Abraham. I, I just want to make this. don't want to spend a lot of time on the genealogy, but I do want to make it. Uh, Matt we're talking about Luke having the the most common Christmas story, but it sure. has a genealogy as well. And what's different in the Matthew and Luke genealogy? from where they started from. Matthew written mainly to the Jews to show that the the Jews, that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ. He goes back to Abraham. Great choice. Jesus had the pedigree. He did. Luke, in order, he wrote it mainly, uh, yes, for the Gentiles, for the world to know. Everybody talks about Luke, that the world may know that Jesus is the very Son of God, and he came in Emmanuel, to set us free, he goes back to Adam. And and so even there, we see the significance of the word of God each one of the books of the Gospels, each one of them, yes, they ter- tell many of them, the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, share basically the same information. John has, uh, uh, he, he shares more information, but each one of them has its purpose. The other thing I'd like to say, look at the names in this genealogy, and I'm just going to do a few of them. How about a, somebody called Boaz? How about somebody mm-hmm. called Rahab? How about Ruth? Uh, you know you look on Uzziah Jehoshaphat these names are men and two women that really speak so loudly and so clearly that we see Jesus the plan you're just talking about how God controls times if you look there and you find in verse 10 Josiah let me see was Josiah is he was he the ch- that became king at 8 years old is that mm, that the one? Yes, and Athaliah yes. had killed all of his brothers and sisters, and he was the king that was pending on the on the truth of Jesus Christ of it being from the lineage of David, and God is in control. So I, I just want to share with you today as we start this time. Thanksgiving is over. We've prayed and we've blessed God, and God has blessed us. But as we get ready for this Christmas season, and and things are havoc, the Omicron variant is coming out, and we're wondering what's going to happen. We wonder what's going to happen to the supply chain. We're wondering about all the difficulties that are here that's facing us. The last part of 21, the first part of 22, we can trust God. If you go over the lineage, the genealogy here in Matthew and you know a little bit of the history of it, Alex. It gives us hope that even in the darkest times God is at work.
1: Amen. And none of Satan's schemes have ever derailed the plan of God. You know? I mean, it it's a fallen world and we're in the crosshairs of spiritual battle. I realize that. But you know what? God always prevails. And I Bert, I take great encouragement in that, don't you?
2: I do. And we want you to. That's part of what Exploring the Word is about. I'm just going to do a little promotion here. Our president, Tim Wilman he said at 3 o'clock in the afternoon central time, I know that's 4 Eastern and 2 Mountain, but, but during that time, he said, I want a radio program that really gives us great hope. And he was talking about, the, uh, now there's one or two Bible teaching programs I know that others put in, but he said, I want something produced by by uh, AFR that's the Bible and they chose exploring the word and they've chosen you and me Alex, that we're here and we're sharing the Word of God because in the Word of God, yes it warns us of what's coming our way but even in that warning we have the hope that's in a relationship with Jesus Christ in an eternity that starts with that relationship and and I we want to give that hope today during this Christmas season, As you approach it, you're dreading it because you've lost a loved one, and this is your first Christmas without them. This is a difficult time because maybe a job is lost. Maybe the supply chain has affected the gifts that you're able to give or not give. Alex, in Jesus Christ, we have the greatest gift, don't we?
1: Well, we really do. The greatest gift of all— because just like uh, Jonah, we went through Jonah several uh, weeks back because we were doing minor prophets. And God said, you know, why shouldn't I have com- compassion on Nineveh? They don't know their right hand from their left hand. Well, God looked at the masses, and they were like sheep without a shepherd. God looked at the human race, and they were lost in sin. And God sent Jesus to be our Savior. Now, when we come back, we're going to look at Matthew 1, and following. If you've got a Bible, turn and follow along. This is Exploring the Word, Alex McFarland-Burke Harper. We're gonna continue the Christmas story passages, plus we'll take your calls with Bible questions on today's edition of Exploring the Word, closing out November, enthusiastically heading into December. State.
3: This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
0: Today we pray for Amy Solomon, Acting Assistant Attorney General at the U.S. Department of Justice. She oversees about $5 billion annually in grants and resources to support criminal and juvenile justice activities and victim service programs. Proverbs 2115 reminds us of the importance of justice. When justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Amy Solomon in her work at the Justice Department. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Pause to Pray is a
2: service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday and a chance for each of us to help change our country and the world through acts of generosity. We invite you to consider supporting this ministry. Details at
4: PauseToPray.org.
0: Dr. Tony Evans says most everyone will pray when things get bad enough, but why stop when things get better? You'll want to turn to James 5.13 as we spend two minutes with Tony.
4: James says, if you are hurting because of circumstances, you must pray. Pain, in whatever form it takes, is always an invitation to pray. You say, well, I'm hurting all the time. That means you should be praying all the time. If you're not in pain, you're not sad, but you're glad, praise. Well, hold it. You're either one or the other. You're either in pain or you're cheerful. If you're in pain, talk to God. If you're not in pain, praise God, which means that you're always communicating with God because you're either in pain or in praise. So God wants to hear from you all day, nonstop, as a way of life. He wants you to thread him into every aspect of your day, either in prayer or in praise. Because you're either in pain or you're in praise. What does that mean? That means you got a 24-7 thing going on with God. God wants a connection ongoingly in every aspect of our lives, whether we're hurting or not.
0: If you'd like to be 100% sure that you have that life-giving connection with God through Jesus Christ, visit TonyEvans.org today and click on the link that says Jesus. You'll find complete information and free resources to help you. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.13 American Family Radio Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
4: You're my defender
2: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex, and we're in the book of Matthew. We're looking at scriptures dealing with Christmas about Jesus and his coming, his birth and again we declare to you we know luke is the most famous passage it is the one that is read more commonly but there's others and matthew is second to that i would say and and it kind of comes from Joseph's point of view while luke comes from mary's point of view but in matthew chapter 1 verse 18 19 and 20 and following uh, i just want to read the first few verses uh the first word of some of these verses Uh, You know I'm always looking for repeated words, but I'm also looking for kind of conjunctions and words that connect. Now, listen to them. Verse 18, it starts out with now. Verse 19 starts out with then. Verse 20 starts out with but. Verse 22, now. And, And verse 24, then. Alex, you see, it is an action time. It is a time when things are happening. This happens and this took place. But God intervened and did this. And notice that in your lives. I want to do this. I'm spiritualizing right now, Alex. That's all but right. We have some nows and the thens and the, the buts in our life. Now, we are making our way uh, through life in 2021, and, but then God showed us something even during the difficulty days, and we were doing wrong, but God demonstrated ce- certain things. Look for the nows, the thens, and the, and the buts of, of your life that God puts in through people, through the Word of God, through sermons, even through songs Uh, Mm -hmm. Alex, my life has been blessed by songs. Um, you know, the other day I, I was just listening, we were in church and I'd heard the song before, but where I went at at First Baptist Church Baldwin, they, they sang the goodness of God. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'd heard it before, but a lot of times, according to where you are and what you're looking at, different things come to you and minister to you, and that one did at that point in time. So wow. be, be aware of the nows and the thens, seeing what God is doing, because God is at work, isn't he?
1: Well, he, he is at work. And, and honestly, I found this, and, and none of us like to wait. I mean, it's hard to wait. Maybe even somebody listening right now, uh, you're having to pray and you're having to, to wait. But I'm going to tell you something, Bert, I, I know in my own life, and I've talked to so many hundreds of people, if you throw yourself into the arms of Jesus and worship while you wait, God has great things ahead. Just like in the fullness of time, God sent His Son. And so time spent waiting on God and our heart trusting in God, that is always worthwhile, isn't it? It is. its le- uh, Let me read a little bit. In Matthew 1, 18, oh my goodness, what... Incredibly timeless, wonderful words. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "'Joseph, thou son of David,' Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, Bert, that's just 18 to 21, and I'm going to tell you every syllable of every sentence, every word is heavy laden with meaning, isn't it?
2: It is. Don't you love that first line? The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. No speculation, truth. Uh, You remember when, I know you visited the Holy Land, I have visited the Holy Land, and we would come to certain places and they would say, we think this may have been the place where this took place. But when you came to certain places, they could say, this is where this happened. And, and when you can say this is when this happened, when we can say this is what exactly happened, this is as it was, as I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, there's no speculation in it. It's not myth. It's not legend. It is truth. And Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary is truth. It is foundational to everything we find. So the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Don't just mm-hmm. skip over that and think, okay, I want to hear this story. No, that is a statement of fact, Alex. And, and that's the whole idea. They say, oh, it's great faith. It's faith built upon the facts, not not faith that makes their own facts up. You know, your truth, my truth, what we're hearing these days. No, this is truth. It happened just as follows. It gives, as I call it, it gives you spiritual iron in your blood, doesn't it?
1: Huh? It really does. I mean, we can be absolutely confident. And, uh, you know, uh, time fleets away. But let me just say you're right. It's very specific because we're talking about history here. We're not talking about myth or a legend. We're talking about historical truth. Okay, Joseph and Mary, they were engaged, and she turns up pregnant, right? Joseph was a just man. Now, he could have, by Jewish law, publicly humiliated her. You know, there's a lot of things he could have done. But he was, and I'm sure, verse 19, with, with a broken heart. Now, talk about waiting till you know all the facts. You know, the woman he loved is carrying a child. But while he's thinking about these things, verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, an angel appears and said, now listen to this, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take me. Okay. See, Joseph, while Joseph was not Jesus's biological father, he was of the house and lineage of David. And that was a key point. You know, Bert, um, Satan is the accuser. You think about all the minutiae of dozens of details about the time and the place, and they would flee to Egypt, and then they would settle in Nazareth, and he had to be sinless. Um, Goodness, all these criteria, the messianic scriptural criteria, and Jesus fulfilled it all. If even one little detail had been overlooked somehow, Satan would have said, oh, you're not qualified to be the Savior. But the angel says, Joseph... You're of the house and lineage of David. Don't be afraid to marry, marry. Uh, And here's verse 21 quotes Isaiah 9, 6. His name will be called Jesus. He'll save his people from their sins. Now, Bert, I've always thought about this. His name will be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Are you one of his people? (laughs) Listen. Anything else you might pursue or aspire to, the most important thing of life, make sure that you are one of Jesus's. Make sure that one of that you're one of his and that yes, you have been saved from your sins.
2: Hallelujah, Alex. I want to go back to that word in verse twenty. Do not be afraid. Mm. Now what okay, let's let's examine it. I God and you've already alluded to it. you just talking about Joseph Bitton putting her away privately, not openly, where he could have made her an open, you know, just made it mockery. He said, no, I'm going to put her away privately. I don't want to hurt her. And then God says, don't be afraid. He wanted to marry her. Even in the condition that he found himself, that he did not know the whole facts. He just knew part of the story. He still had a heart of love for her. Do not be afraid. Uh, he's saying, Joseph, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do what you had purposed in your mind to do, and that is to take her as your wife. Marry her. Don't be afraid. God comes along at the right times, even when things don't look like you think they should, even when things look look like they're out of kilter, many times god through his word through the holy spirit through encouragement of godly counsel they'll come to you and say alex bert don't be afraid to go ahead and do exploring the word go ahead uh you you know you you you've i've prepared you go ahead and care this out go ahead and that pastor that's wondering can I, can I go here and pastor this church? And God at strategic times will tell you no, don't go. But at strategic times, he'll give you a vision. He'll give you a word, and he'll clear the path of no fear. So, Alex, I, mm. I, I think there's a lot there when it says do not be afraid. I, I hear that quite a bit. That sounds just like God. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't let mm-hmm. fear paralyze you. Uh, Jesus would enter the room after the resurrection. Don't be afraid. It is I. I mean, again and again, he would say to Paul, don't be fearful. And so here in the very beginning of, of this important story about Jesus' birth, here God intervenes and says, don't let fear keep you from doing what I have planned for you. Alex, I think that's a message for our day because fear is running rampant. Fear of the economy, fear of the virus, fear of anything and everything. Do not let fear dominate you. That's a message we need to hear, isn't it?
1: Well, it is, and I'm so glad you bring that up, Bert. You know, in uh, 1 Corinthians thirteen four and following um, the great love chapter, there's a passage we've alluded to it uh, many times. Love is patient and kind. Uh, Love is not arrogant or rude. Now, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And one time I looked that up and I thought, love believes all things. Like, well, I I don't believe in, you know, uh, Bigfoot or UFOs or, you know, whatever. Are we supposed to believe all things? Literally what that means, because we know the love of God because we trust the power and the providence, the plan of God. We believe the best about people and circumstances unless proven otherwise. Now, I've had people say to me, you know, I don't go to church anymore because they hurt my feelings for the last time. Or, you know, I don't speak to that relative because they've always, you know, let me down or whatever. Let me say this, having trusted in an all-powerful, all-benevolent God. Think the good of people. Think the best of circumstances. Be a a Christian of hope, not just blind, you know, rose-colored glasses. But look, we know the God who conquered death. We know the God that sent His Son. And we know the God who is in control. Don't let the noise of this world scare you. Or don't let the noise of this world make you bitter. Believe the best because we serve the God who always wins in the end and does the right things. You agree with me, bro?
2: Hallelujah. Alex, you're exactly right. Notice, Joseph knew the character of Mary. Amen. He knew what he saw. I'm sure it was disbelief. This can't be. This is not. And the Holy Spirit comes and confirms to him that this is the woman who found great favor with God. And notice it was in a dream. I've got to make mention of this. There's going to be three more dreams that Joseph has uh, in in chapter 2 that will guide him and let him know, yes, this is what you do and where you go. But here the Holy Spirit came to him in this particular time in that dream and let him believe and know Yes, go ahead, marry her, and as you said, now all this was done, verse 22, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then, there's one of those action words again, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his Mary and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. How do you like Joseph's obedience after he found out the truth? Don't you well, wish let me we you. would do that? Lord, help me obey you.
1: Exactly, exactly. When he heard the backstory, he got a little bit of, uh, he was privy to what was really going on and he didn't have any trouble following. And so... Uh, Matthew chapter 1 kind of concludes, you know, I love these words, and you see this so many times in the Word of God. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying that a virgin would bring forth a son, Emmanuel, God with us, verse 23. And Joseph did as the Lord said, and he took Mary, his wife. Now, Bert, I've got to believe there probably was a little bit of public uh, scandal humiliation. But, you know, he wasn't worried about the criticisms of ignorant people. He was just following the the revelation of God. Amen, and, Alex.
2: I, I just got to interrupt. Can you imagine those people? You mean you're going to marry her after all this? You know, you, can't
4: yeah. you hear it?
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. And, you know, we've talked about this, this many times that do you know what um, maybe... <laughs> Questions about Jesus's legitimacy. You remember in John 8, verse 7, when Jesus is contending with the religious leaders, and they said, we be not born of fornication. Like, I mean, it might have been the insinuation, completely false, of course. But here's the thing. Joseph was willing to bear reproach. Jesus bore reproach. We, carrying the name of Christ. Nowadays, people are spiritual But they they don't come out and say they're a Christian. Be willing to be public about your fidelity to Christ, even if there's criticism from an unknowing world.
2: Yeah. Knowing what they say, listen, I learned a long time, they is probably the person that's talking to me, and uh, I need Uh, to listen to that voice that God has given me. Let's finish verse 25. And he called his name Jesus What a name, Savior. That is who he is. Do you know him? Has there been a time in your life when Jesus Christ has become your Lord as you turned away from sin and received Christ? That's a great thing. Hey, we're going to take phone calls. That number, 888-589-8840. We would love to hear from you today.
4: So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart
2: with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net.
0: Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the
2: lives of the most innocent among us. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected Lazarus, his and Lazarus' fame spread. They already planned to kill Jesus, but now, because Lazarus was tangible evidence of Jesus' resurrection power, the chief priests and Pharisees plotted to kill Lazarus too. They never worried about Lazarus before, but now, because he is a walking billboard of Christ's power, they want him dead, too. This, brothers and sisters, is why many come against you. It isn't personal, but satanic forces can't stand your representation of God's power to transform lives. That's why we rejoice when we're slandered for his namesake. Christ's power is on display.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus said in John 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Black holes in the universe are created when stars die. The terrific gravity of the dying star pulls in and destroys everything near it. It's a hole, but it has a heaviness inside that we can't even imagine. The Bible says that sin brings death. It creates an emptiness and a heaviness in our hearts. Nothing can fill that emptiness or relieve the burden of it. But Jesus died on the cross to lift the heavy guilt of our sin. He rose from the dead to replace emptiness with his hope. Come to him, and he will fill all the empty places in your life. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. To Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Oh,
4: my hope is in
1: You know, Bert and I were talking earlier, doing some planning for the shows, and we were looking at all the scriptures that deal with Christmas, with the coming of Christ. And I know there's Luke 2, and if you're really astute, you also know Matthew 1 and 2. But there are so many passages. And so, Bert, I'm just so thankful that, oh my goodness, we have something to celebrate, don't we? The coming of Jesus and that wonderful part of the year we call Christmas We're blessed, aren't we?
2: Amen. We are. Enjoy the season. I I love that phrase. Jesus is the reason for the season. And And, uh, he really is. And if he's not your reason for living, I, I pray you'd come to know him. Listen, Alex... When I was a 12-year-old boy and Jesus Christ came into my life, even as a 12-year-old boy, my life turned around, even at 12 years of age. And Amen. and that's the God we serve. He comes in. And listen, it doesn't mean it's a bed of roses. It doesn't mean it's a smooth road. But it means you have a friend that will never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He He's there with you always. That's mm. That's a friend, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and folks, we're going to open up the phones for calls. If you've got a Bible question, call us. Here's the number: triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. And uh, hey, you know what? There's a lot. Uh, you and I have some events coming up next year, and we have a book out. But I don't want to talk about that today. I do have some really exciting news about our book. But let's, let's just go to the phones, and we're going to take Bible questions. This is the first day of the week, and uh, maybe tell us what you were thankful for on Thanksgiving Day, too, and what you did with the family. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And, folks, please know uh, when we pray, Bert and I, I know we do individually, but we pray together for you. We are so thankful that you all listen and you tell the show tell your friends about Exploring the Word, and just know that we thank God for each and every one of you. We really do.
2: We do. And again, the first place we got to go to is Ohio and talk to Eric. Eric, I uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving, brother.
3: Hey, thank you, Brother Burton, Brother Alex. It's a pleasure to finally get through and talk to you guys. I've been trying since uh, last November when I've across the American family radio station. So Well we get
2: Amen, you got amen. through. That's me clapping, Eric. Way <laughs> to go,
3: man. Persistence pays off. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um just a couple of things. Well uh, as far as Thanksgiving, you know, I uh, went out to uh Texas over the holiday and uh you know I was uh just wanted to go on a little vacation but it, it, from Ohio to Texas, you know, I passed through what about uh, a total of uh, four states and in each state I declared that each state belongs to the Lord, that it is his, and know that I come in the name of the Lord. And Amen. It, and, 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 and if it wasn't him listening, I tell you what, I, I get, uh, you know, I got the Bible apps, you know, I get verses of the days. And um, one of them was Second uh, Corinthians 5.18, and um, I can't totally recall, I got it written down, but others, other verses... Um, that I received during after I said that and and it was like God was listening to me, man. I was I was just totally stirred up. The spirit was totally stirred Amen, up. Amen, Eric.
2: Me. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord, brother. What's your hey guys, comment or question um, for the day, man?
3: Okay. Well um just two things. Um uh, first off, um on the first day of every month, if you guys or anyone within the sound of my voice could kinda Join me in treating that first day of every month as a national day of prayer and fasting. It doesn't have to be a food fast; it could be a fast of anything that you know we might feel like we're putting in front between us and God. You know, like our phones or cable or anything. But you know, just just as every believer, if we can all get together and do something like that to start every month. You know, I think that, you know, that'll add to a spiritual change, you know, in America Amen. and in our lives. Amen, um, brother. And so, I mean, that'd be awesome. So starting with, um, you know, this Wednesday, the 1st of December, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, 7 a.m. or when, whoever, whenever, you know, someone wakes up, you know, that'd be awesome. Um, and and you guys were talking about numbers um, earlier. Number three has like been a number that has always been in my mind ever since I was in elementary school um I was born on october tenth nineteen seventy three and uh so in regarding the ten guys um what's your take on the number ten as far as um you know in the Bible and just you know just, just what you've come across by that number?
2: Okay, Eric, Mm -hmm. thank you.
3: You know, there are,
2: let me just make a broad statement. Numbers are significant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them have, I believe, deeper meaning than just the number itself. I Mm -hmm. I believe that. But let me give a warning, and I do, don't make every number in the Bible a secret code. Uh, Some of them are important. 10 I believe is one of those important numbers I agree with you yes. if you look at it Jesus would divide up 10 was one of the things it's a it's it's a number of dividing up in other words yeah. you, how do you divide up really in division the way God does it it multiplies Alex you, you know what I mean uh it, it it gives you more when he divides it up and and uh, the numbers go out but go ahead Alex.
1: Well, um, number in Scripture is a fascinating thing, and many times we've recommended that book. I'm, I recommend it because I think it's it's pretty balanced by E.W. Bullinger, uh, Number in Scripture. It's interesting, the Bible uses the number 10 a lot of times, and it's been said to represent uh, order and God's power as a creator and God's laws. Now, let me explain. You know, there's 10 commandments. In the book of Genesis... Ten times it says, God said, let there be light. God said, let the land bring forth plants. So there's God's creative power, and there's God's order. But there's also God's law. Remember, there were ten plagues of Egypt. Um, The Passover lamb was selected to be sacrificed on the tenth of the first month. Now, Satan, who's a counterfeiter out of 10 nations at the end of time out of t- a 10 nation confederation will come the antichrist but but really 10 is one of god's numbers signifying his power his creation and his law
2: it does and and again that you see when you see those numbers 40 3 7 12 there's some others that are used
1: the number six yes. has meaning? again
2: and again, you see some meaning in it. Uh, I, my warning is don't read more into it than is there, and that's exactly what Alex did with ten, giving you the full meaning, not more than. It has to do with the law. It has to do with judgment as well. In other words, there's a completion there. Uh, seven is the number of perfection. Seven kind of, it, it completes some things. It's amazing how many things were done and completed with, with the number 10. So just, you know, uh, that yeah. is a good number. Let's go next. We're going to go to Texas. Yeah, Texas, and talk to Albert. Albert, welcome.
3: Oh, hey, thank you for uh, taking my call. I really, really do uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Bless you. Um, my question is, over uh, Thanksgiving, uh, I was going to kind of do a study on, uh, on parents, being a parent. And I noticed that in the Old Testament, it refers to parents, your mother and your father, as your parents. But in the Old Testament, it doesn't refer to parents. They're referred to as your mother and father.
4: Why is that? What's the difference in those
2: two? Okay. I had never thought of that, Albert. I understand what you're saying. Uh, Alex, would there be, do you know, we're talking about the same people. that's Mm. that's a sure thing. Is there uh, any reason for the language to change?
1: You know, I I don't know, um, and this is just off the top of my head, I I notice in the Old Testament, very often it'll say your father and your mother, and in the New Testament, it'll say your parents, like Ephesians 6, honor your—obey your parents in the Lord— Now, Bert, I'm just going to hazard a guess here, and I could be wrong, but the New Testament was written in a kind of a common Greek language called Koine Greek, and that was the language of the common person. And um, Hebrew is uh, maybe a little more formal, Uh, so the collective noun parents, rather than specifically saying father and mother, it might just be the unique dynamics of two different languages, or it might be that the Greek of the New Testament was a little more a little more common and colloquial and just how ordinary people would talk in everyday life. That, but, Bert, that's just my guess.
2: Well, let me add one to it. As I, you were talking, <clears throat> it came to me. Notice what Jesus did for women, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, you still had that patriarchal system, the man— Now, I'm not saying the man's not the head in the New Testament. But God, uh, God, through Jesus Christ, elevated the position of, I would say, woman, even motherhood. Mm -hmm. Here he chooses Mary to, you know, give birth to Jesus Christ. And uh, so there's some, in that, there's some equalitarian things in parenting. Whereas, you know, Alex, uh, that's just a thought now. Uh, Again, they're both vital and both important, but it elevates that position uh, a little bit to put it equal of importance. Uh, Mm. Albert, man, keep on reading, keep on studying, and uh, keep on asking those questions. That's awesome. Next, let's go to Louisiana and talk to Carol. Carol, welcome.
3: Hi. Thank you so much for your program. Alex, I was wondering if, perchance, you had put together a devotional for teens.
1: Well, uh, thanks for Yes, I've got three. One's on Genesis, one is on Proverbs, and one's on Psalms, and they're under the name Stand, S-T-A-N-D. Um, you know, it's funny, Bert and I wrote this book called 100 Bible Questions and Answers, and I, I realize it's a rather ambitious goal. I was just thinking about how I want to do a 365-day devotional. I'd like to do one for teens and one for couples. So, Bert, how about we can we get on that?
2: I'm telling you, we, we got a. Hey, we've got a future. If this is the beginning of it, this is but, great. Carol, but, let me let me do this. <laughs> let me recommend Alex's books to you. Let me do it because I I want to tell you, and also 21 questions. Not as I know you like devotional, and I love it. Yes, you need it, but you also need some things that would put a foundation to your life. And Alex has some of those available as well. Uh, Ten questions, 21. Alex, uh, you know, uh, those can be used devotionally, even though it's not exactly what people would call a devotional book.
4: Go ahead, Alex.
1: And one last thing that I was—and you're sweet to to ask. I mean, a lot of my books have been directed right at teens, like Stand, Core Truth for an Unshakable Faith, Stand Strong in College. But let me—while we're talking about teenagers— Josh McDowell, the great Josh McDowell, he wrote a book called Josh McDowell's Book of Youth Devotions. It's a one-year devotional book specifically for teenagers, and um, it's pretty good. So check it
2: out. Okay, thank you, Carol. We're going to take another call, and it is Vanessa in Louisiana again. Vanessa, welcome. Hey, thank you so much.
1: Um, My question is, do y'all have an opinion on the
2: true birthday of Jesus. Okay. You know, Vanessa, thank you for that good call. We get that, and that's a call we get quite often this time of year as Christmas. I, I'll, I'll put it this way. When I was in college at Blue Mountain under my professor, James Travis, he tended to think it was in the spring because the secret was the, sh- the shepherds kept watch over their sheep by night. It's a plural What they would do most of the time, they would not necessarily stay awake. They'd put them in the uh, the fold, in the keep, and then they would sleep between the sheep and and the predators that might come. But during birthing time, which is usually in the spring, uh, they would watch the sheep because sheep had a difficult time delivering the, the lambs. And that was his opinion. But Alex, you've given a good opinion of it being close to here in December, haven't you?
1: Well, um, let me say this: we we don't know the exact date of Jesus's birth. Um, we we pretty much know the date of his crucifixion and resurrection. That it, when it would have been at Passover. Um, let me say there there were a couple of schools of thought within the first few hundred years of Christianity. One of the things was that maybe. Jesus, um, the birth of Jesus was in the fall, like in September. And if you go back um, the time of, of gestation, 270 days, um, there were some Christians within like the 3rd, 4th, 5th centuries that thought late December was the time of the miraculous virginal conception. You know, we, we, often, Bert, we often say the virgin birth. But really, if we want to be really specific, it was the virginal conception. That is true. Where the angel told Mary, the power of the highest will overshadow you and um, you'll carry Jesus. Maybe at the longest, you know, the days are short, the nights are long, the darkest part of the year. Uh, And by the way, the early church had a festival in the fall called Michaelmas where Michael made the annunciation of the birth. We don't know, but we know he came And he rose and he's coming again and we take absolute joy in that reality
2: and the truth is we celebrate his birth and that's what christmas is all about and so we have chosen 25th yeah and it has history but it's a celebration of the birth of christ emmanuel his name shall be called jesus because he will save his people from their sin What a message. Share that message. Let it be known and tell others about Jesus. Alex, it's been good to be with you. And we're going to be back tomorrow with more of Exploring the Word. Tell someone about it. But as I said earlier, more importantly,
3: tell them about Jesus.